0: So Kelly, I gather from the newsletter that you have some thoughts about fires and smoke down there in California. Actually, this is a serious topic. I understand it's quite bad.
1: Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, The fire that's just north of me, about like an hour or 40 north of me, it exploded so fast that people couldn't get away. Like it went from being just like a small fire to a massive one. And it's now 48 people dead which is the double double the deadliest fire before this like that's and they expect it to be more because they expect to find bodies as they clear it so it's 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 like insanely bad and and it's and these kinds of bad fires i mean it was the worst fire ever back in august and then it was the worst fire ever last november october november and then it was the worst like so it's just every fucking few months now it's during fire season not during the rainy season the winter it's another terrible fire and it's getting like around the clock around here. I mean, also up where you guys are. I know you guys had really bad fires Mm -hmm. back in the summer. Yeah, we did.
0: We had really bad air quality here on the, here on Vancouver Island as well. Um, A couple days where we couldn't run outside and stuff. So I definitely feel for you. How many days has it been for you?
1: Oh yeah. So the smoke from the fire just North of here pretty much blew down to us in the Bay area. And you know how there's the, scale like the air quality index and over a hundreds like you really shouldn't go out do stuff outside Mm -hmm. it's been 170 since thursday night so that's like we're on we're up there with all the really bad cities right now in like china and india yeah you can't do anything outside really like you really shouldn't
0: you're coming up to a week of that as well Yeah, yeah we had ours was just one or two days where it was kind of beijing level and then it and then it calmed down but I can't imagine. Are you going stir crazy?
1: Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of trainering with all the air filters on in my living room. The other thing that's tough is that, and this is like one of those first world problems, whatever, but what's weird around here is Northern California is not designed to be lived indoors. Like we literally schools don't have hallways. Like we have outdoor schools. Right. So they've been having to cancel school. We um, like in terms of training, like there's one indoor pool that's like super old in my county like there's just we don't have that we don't have like indoor running facility like it's just not a thing so it's really kind of weird and kind of crazy it's been tough i think for like a lot of the homeless people who obviously live outside for all the people have to do workout like we just don't have the indoor facilities they also canceled there's a really big the north face endurance challenge this week it's like the national championship 50 miler Mm. uh was supposed to be uh, it's like 10 minutes from my house uh this weekend they had to cancel it obviously because they just like, it's just insane. They donated all the money, all the prize money to fire relief efforts though. So that's really good.
0: Oh, that is, that's, that's really great. Um, okay. Before we move on, what is there anything you want to say to our listeners before we move on to the fire topic?
1: Well, (laughs) one donate like money, obviously to all these people that it's been super terrible. It's super bad. It's been a really rough week out here, but two, I do feel like we need to start looking at bigger picture stuff. Like this is happening worse and worse because of like climate change. Like, let's be real. Like it's because of climate change. And also obviously if you are in this condition, like don't tough it out. Smoke is so bad for you. Like it's, it's connected to not just, you know, asthma and like bronchitis, but like premature death, heart attacks, dementia, like mental illness, like because those little particles get into your bloodstream and go into your lungs and your brain. And it's so bad. Wow. So, so.
0: Gary. Okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> no, I meant it. I meant it. I'm trying to sound serious. <coughs> okay. Coming up on the rest of our show, we're going to discuss what girls should and shouldn't wear and who gets to decide. Race bandits. Are they evil? Racing with broken bones. Is it advisable? And of course, some advice from Kelly's lovely mom.
2: Live feisties. If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ask Kicker, Inc., Whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive, uplifting messages such as "Strong is the new skinny," and "I can, I will." End of story. You can support the podcast. And get twenty percent off with the code RIDING at AssKicker Inc. Inc. with a K. Com.
0: If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at CraveJerky.com. That is Crave with a K.
1: I'm Kelly O'Mara,
0: and I'm Sarah Gross, and you're listening to Live Feisties, If We Were Riding. My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop, this time like the last time, you better get ready to race in the I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is, I step on the field, it's time to get real and I'm
1: Okay, Sarah. So a bunch of people sent me this story and I think they sent it to you too about Rowan. I don't even know how you say that. Rowan University telling the women's cross country team they couldn't run in just a sports bra because they were distracting the football players.
0: Yep. I definitely heard about this story this week. It was all the talk. It made me laugh because I th- I thought, well, first of all, it's, it showed for me how far we've come because part of me immediately reacted like this sounds like so 10 years ago, right? When, when <laughs> literally the men the male athletes got to decide you know but i right. i feel like we've moved on from that so that's why this, this story was a little bit shocking but they did retract really quickly
1: like, yeah they also i mean they also said there was like specifics to the story where like oh it wasn't really about the sports bras it's because they were practicing at the same time and we have a rule about like only one team and the facility and whatever right they were like got into all the but i remember in high school we, my coach definitely tried to make a a like no running and just your sports bra rule Cause he like, he was always like convinced we were like going to scandalize people and be, and I didn't even run this sports bar because like to me back in high school, I was like, Oh my God, that's so like, Oh my God, you're showing, right? Like it wasn't even a thing. I thought it was a little slutty and like, Oh my God. But it still seemed crazy to me. I mean, literally like the student aid teacher who would run, run with us would like tell on us if somebody ran without a shirt.
0: Wow Isn't it weird? I, I still think it's cool that we've shifted the conversation because it used to be all about. Like, it's like, is it about the distracted or the distractee? Right. Right. (laughs) Like, and so I think we're shifting that it's no longer women's responsibilities to deal with like the male gaze should have come their way. Like it's, it's men's responsibilities if they're to take care of themselves, right? Like your football team, right? If they're distracted, that's their problem.
1: And the women can wear what they want. That's what I say. Well, Yeah. I feel like you probably had some rules, though. Oh, I had rules. We, oh, I went to rules.
0: I went to high school in the Middle East, as you know. So we had some interesting rules. I, I mean, I could, I could jump into one of any number of stories, but, but one comes to mind where we had a male teacher who... Oh, we also had, as a permanent position in the school, just as an aside, we had this Scottish woman who used to act as a liaison person between like, the mostly Arabic teaching staff. Or, um, yeah, coming from that part of the world, teaching staff. And then the, what would you say, like the expat students right? who just like played that role. There were also like, there were also like Arabs and Indian students, students from all over the world. But those of us from the Western world tend to have the biggest clashes with the Arab teachers. And... Uh, she came to us in front of w- one of my classes and we knew exactly which teacher had said this because, you know, the teachers that are a little bit creepy, right? Where <laughs> this one teacher didn't like the way some of the girls were sitting because he found it distracting. <laughs> and we <laughs> were you sitting. I'm what not were you I'm not sure Like exactly what was meant, but we knew exactly which teacher. And we were told that we were supposed to sit more ladylike. OK. So the next day, <laughs> I I wore we had a school uniform where we had to wear gray on the bottom and it had to be below our knees. So you could wear like a skirt, you could wear long shorts, you could wear jeans, even gray jeans, and white on top. But it wasn't like a specific uniform. It was kind of weird. Anyway, so I wore this gray skirt that I had, of course, and then I wore like red, you know, like cycling shorts, but cotton, like kind of like workout shorts, tight okay. ones underneath. And then during this teacher's class, I turned my chair around and sat with my legs on top of the chair <laughs> so that you could see the red. Okay, and I like just intentionally like distracted him all to like and and it was like anyway it was really really funny to me. Then when of course when he complained, like I went in like guns blazing with like this is not my problem and why is your teacher looking at sixteen year olds? And I just like and 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 then they kind of retracted it and said that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, we could sit how we wanted okay. to in our chairs. So
1: how you wanted to, in your I used chairs. to, I
0: used to fight back. You, you'll,
1: you'll okay. be shocked to learn. I was a little bit feisty. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I to think back sometimes though on things on, on 16 year old me, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was totally, totally not like, I was like, Oh, you shouldn't be wearing that the tiny Like not that I would have told people what they, but like in my head, it was like, well, why do you even want to wear the tiny shorts? What's wrong with you? Hmm.
0: I'm trying to say, Hmm. cause I was at school because it, because it was never because the high school I went to, of course, was it was never an extreme thing. So it wasn't like, I never had to make a call on whether I thought someone should be wearing like shorts with their arse hanging out the back. Right, 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 right. I never thought about that. Never was that was never in my face. What was in my face is like ridiculously long shorts. That still the teachers found distracting. So (laughs) I fought
1: back. So it was easier to be like, no, this is, this This is is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. All right. On other things Mm -hmm. that I've had in the newsletter this week that also, you know, people have mixed opinions about banditing races Sarah so that means like doing a race even though you didn't pay or sometimes people even use it to mean like running on the course but then like jumping off before the finish line or like basically being on a race course even though you're not a registered runner sometimes people even say banditing when you like a friend dropped out of the race and gives them your gives you their bib I guess technically that's also banditing banditing? because you didn't somebody pay for the race I know because like Apparently that could hurt their like insurance and their liability if you got hurt because then it's your friend and you never I've heard this argument. Though I've also definitely like done it. Like friends dropped out, were like, Oh, do you want my bib? And I was like, sure.
0: Yeah. I was trying to think if I've ever done this. I actually think that the I have a really boring answer of no.
1: <laughs> You've never? Okay. In college, I definitely like my first half marathon ever was definitely a bandited race cuz it was like just a college in. thing like out the night before and all my friends were doing it the next day and I didn't have money to pay for it you don't have like you're in college like what a, and I was like oh I'll do it too and that was like the worst that was the worst like I literally like went through the finish shoot like just like as if I had done the race. And I've never done that since. Like that was 18 year old me who was not a lot smarter than 16 year old me. Right. So
0: that's funny. I think there are times there now (laughs) after that story, I'm thinking there are times I wish I had thought of doing that. So for example, years ago, when I first, I was a new pro athlete and and I had no money. And I remember my boyfriend at the time and I ran out of money and all we had was we had these uh, gas coupons. And so (laughs) We went to the gas station and we bought a newspaper to get the change because they would give you change in real money. So we gave like a $20 gas coupon, bought a newspaper nice. that goes, to pay for the race. Like we were going to like, I was going to a 10K race or something. And so that's how I paid for the race it was like money from the gas coupon from the gas station. Um, oh, so if only I thought of it, if only I'd been as smart as you. It's <laughs> smart.
1: <laughs> obviously abandoning like mostly when we say banding we talk about running races because that's easier to just jump like this doesn't really come up in triathlon you can't like i've actually even thought about this sometimes like how hilarious it would be if you just like went into transition and just faked right at an iron man race where they have like all the security and you have to have like a wristband and stuff yeah where would you put your bike right it like just wouldn't it just wouldn't work <laughs> See, i do have a friend who banded in uh, like a sprint triathlon one time which was actually pretty funny because where did she put her bike or he so he had signed up for like it was the sprint race around here that happens like once a month and he had signed up for the one the month before and had a what's the thing when oh a collapsed lung like i was like when your lung goes down he (laughs) had a collapsed collapsed lung and was like can i just do the one next month instead and the guy was like sorry no like i have a policy which is like super dick so he was
0: taking a stand
1: right so then he was like fuck you i'm gonna do it anyway so he went and did the one the next month and it's like and and he even brought a sharpie to like body mark himself but he brought the wrong color (laughs) apparently like this was the one race they had like not black sharpies right so he like body marked himself with like the wrong color sharpie and then like just like went into transition as if he was supposed to be there and did it work yeah Whoa, and like, did he hang his ridiculous. bike kind on of a bike
0: rack and everything?
1: Yeah, he just like went, because it's like a small, He wasn't like Iron Man Whoa. security. I know. Do you so remember,
0: anyway. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, no, I was just going to say. So anyway, banditing.
0: Do you remember Obviously the guy is wrong. who used to dress up like a cow and bandit Hawaii, the Hawaii Iron Man? No. Okay, so I, I need to, if anybody's listening and knows this story, this, is, this guy's been doing it since the 80s, I think, and he only just stopped a few years ago, and he would go do the swim bike and run in a cow outfit. If anyone knows anything about this, I want to know this story. I want to interview that guy.
1: You want to interview that guy? Kelly's no, going to interview that guy. him do, like, I remember somebody doing this, but I didn't know he bandited it. I thought he just hmm. like did it.
0: No, mm-mm. maybe, I mean, maybe he eventually started to pay, but my understanding is that there were at least some bandit years.
1: Okay, so, so. I'd like to know. <laughs> so banditing obviously is wrong. Like, like, you should pay for races. You should do... There's all kinds of... It's like, if everybody didn't pay for the race, there wouldn't be races. Like, they need the money to keep running. Like, there are liability and insurance issues. If, like, too many unregistered runners, there's obviously, like, resource issues. Like, i I'm like, I don't band... I don't think I've done this since, like, I was 18, right? Like, I don't it races. Like right. That's fine. Me neither. But, yeah. but I also think it's super weird how intensely people are, like it's the worst thing you could ever do. It's totally wrong. You are evil. Cause runner's world ran like this kind of, I, I mean, it wasn't a joke, but it was kind of a joke story about like, if you're going to abandon a race, like just don't be an asshole. So it was like, don't take like the, you know, the pro like the medal. If they tell you to get off the course, like get off the course, like just, you know, don't be a right. jerk about it. And people like flipped out. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry. And yeah. you know how there's like that, marathon investigations guy Mm -hmm. who like goes and finds people which like I like on the one hand like you do you whatever but to me it's always a little crazy this guy like spends his free time I don't understand it like why do you care that much and so he was all of super upset about this too but he also has some crazy stories like there is a guy who's like bandited the New York marathon like 13 years in a row like takes the medal like gets the medal every year that's that's like guys just just fucking pay the money. Yeah. What about the yeah. guy who made up his own race
0: and then made himself the winner? That <laughs> I feel like guy?
1: it's fine. Like do that. I also think like has a like... whole
0: blog and a website around how he's like <laughs> this race winner <laughs> and his like, Insta page. <laughs> that's, that's
1: not cool. You're like, yeah. So it's like, these things are like, I obvi- I think it's like way worse, obviously to like cut a course or say you like won something when you like definitely didn't. Than to just go out and run a race, like run without a timing shit. Like, who cares? Right. Then it's just like, I think, I think the cutting the course and lying about it is way worse than banditing, but that's just me.
0: Oh, yeah. There are way worse things than banditing. And if you're, yeah, to get up
1: in arms about for sure. Don't do it. But if you're going to do it, don't be a jerk about it. (laughs) Like, there you go. There you go. These are the rules, the new rules of banditing. I love it. The new rules of banditing. There is also another thing I put in the newsletter about like, I don't know how I feel about it. And I have more mixed feelings about this, Sarah. So did you watch the video of this girl broke her leg and then crawled to the finish line to like hand off to her teammate in a relay? Gosh, I did not watch that okay, video. Okay, it's a crazy how, video. How far did she have to crawl? not that far. I mean, it's in kilometers and it's in Japanese, so I'm not clear. And they only showed like the last couple, like hundred meters or so. So I'm unclear like how far she like broke her. Right. Her leg. And it's one of those, you know how Japan has like these super crazy, big sporting things that like the whole country gets into. Like. These like massive cross country relay races or like that crazy high school baseball thing that like is a super big deal there. Or there's like that other big high school sport that no one plays outside of Japan that involves like a pole and anyway, you know they have these huge things. Yeah, well
0: remember how they, they also started that, you know, the the thing on water where they go over all those obstacles and they bounce off of the oh, inflatable that's really cool. thing. Yeah. But that like grew, but it came out of Japan, right?
1: yeah yeah so they obviously have these like huge things so this i think is one of those huge like cross-country relay race things Mm -hmm. that they take like super seriously and so yeah so she like crawled to hand off to her teammate i think that's okay okay people were mixed like obviously at first it got shared a bunch to be like holy shit like way to go you (laughs) Mm mm-hmm and then a lot of people were like, Hey, like, why are we glorifying this? Like, this is unhealthy. This like exemplifies like everything we like shouldn't be telling our kids to do. Right. Like right. it's the equivalent of like, Oh, I'm just going to tough it out in the football game. And then you get like a brain injury because you knew you shouldn't have gone back in. Right. right. So th-
0: this is what, that's what I think is unhealthy. So I think the difference between now I didn't watch the video. So by what you just described, just <laughs> described about the Japanese video versus like someone who like, if you already know that you have a broken bone. And and the people around you are taping it up, and you're and heading out there <laughs> to do whatever the task is. I feel like that's a little bit, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. But if you break your bone, then you crawl. I mean, my, I mean, my mom broke a bone in the freaking woods walking the dog, and she had to crawl out. Just to well, yeah, get, but that's necessity. That's necessity. Sarah. I uh, yeah, I
1: take this that girl point. could have just stopped. So I, I guess there's like basically on the one hand. We keep telling people like to be healthier about their sports, right? Like we have all these new concussion protocols. Like don't go back in when you have an injury. Like, oh man, did you just hear my cat is flicking? I did the doorstop? Oh. So that's what that noise is. If you hear that, that was great. So we have all these things about like don't. You know, we're telling our kids to be healthier, like to make smart choices. And then also we like glorify, especially in movies and stuff like the boxer who goes back in, even though he like really shouldn't. Or I was telling you before the, uh, before we started recording about the 1996 Olympics era, which were a really big deal in America and apparently not in Canada. And just, you don't remember this. When the U.S. women's gymnastics team clinched the victory and Carrie Strug did her vault, even though she already had a sprained ankle and she landed on one foot and then she had to hop She perfected the landing, nailed it, and then hopped on her one leg to the judges and the team won. And it was amazing. You you don't, this doesn't ring a bell. Not really,
0: but (laughs) you're, you're painting a very nice picture. So,
1: right. So for a lot of us that was like, holy shit, she did it even though like she had a, and it was so amazing. You do it for the team. But there's been a lot of points since then, like in the 20 years since then, that That was pretty much exemplifying like everything that's wrong with gymnastics, right? That we told some like 15 year old girl to like permanently hurt herself, that she like that we pushed them to this point that, you know, she already had all these injuries like that, that actually, for all that it was, this super American moment was pretty much like the worst thing about gymnastics. Right. And you have to read into that the context too, where, I
0: mean, I don't know for sure in her particular case, but generally. Female gymnasts will be more likely to get a broken bone and they'll be more likely to have an eating disorder or have control their eating more than the normal person and be more likely to break bones. So it's like, there's all this like context thing going on too that you have to acknowledge when that's happening. So I I'm with you. I think I'm with you on that one. It's just this, it's like, it's like part of what sport is, is the, the overcoming obstacles piece. So it's if, we need to just be able to draw a line somewhere, I think, between.
1: Right. It's the whole thing we talk about over and over that like none of this is healthy, right? The whole point of it is like doing something, even though like there are obstacles in your way. So yeah,
0: I'll give you we, we talked about this before the podcast, but it, it's kind of relating here where I was working on the video last night for Alyssa Kadeski, who co-hosts the Iron Women podcast, did, got the fastest snow in time on Vermont's long trail this summer. And I have all these video clips from it. And I was putting together a little like recap video. And one of the quote unquote challenges with the recap video is that literally Alyssa was very well trained. We were very well prepared. We had everything kind of dialed and, you know, and while she had challenges as she went, there's not this one big, like, I don't know if you saw the Nikki Kimball Netflix Uh, Oh,
1: I don't watch documentaries. Documentary. Okay. Nikki Kimball set
0: the same record.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And, but in the, in the midst of doing it had this massive breakdown on camera. Like it was just this big moment, you know, and in turn, and then when Alyssa went and did it, we didn't have that moment. We didn't have the breakdown. She didn't fall and break her leg. She didn't twist an ankle. We didn't like there, there was basically because she had done everything she needed to do to prepare. It was as much as 273 miles in the woods can be, it was pretty smooth sailing. So then my question is there, and there is there is an answer to this, I believe this, like what is the story and how do we make that sports story interesting? More exciting. Because like, th- yeah,
1: because there is the basic sports story needs an obstacle there, right? It is you broke your leg or you had to overcome something. That is the traditional narrative
0: and to me, the inspiring piece about Alyssa's story was in the preparation and was in how like how they went about getting her ready. And so it's, then that's my job or whoever's, you know, whoever's making the, the video or the writing the article or whatever to find that story and make it interesting for the readers or the viewers. So I think we can tell these stories in different ways that could change the narrative. I guess that's what I'm
1: saying. In the bigger picture. I have a totally side point related to this okay I have heard the argument that when one talks about narrative and like literature and movies and all that that i mean you you know that there's the traditional hero's journey there's only like so like there's like six stories out there that are just right. told right but the, there's an argument that these are the traditional hero's journey is very ma- a very male story even if we like put in a female for that right mm-hmm. and that what we think of as those six stories are actually not like they don't really tell like a women's narrative and that perhaps like a what would be a more female narrative is in some ways like it doesn't have to be a tra- like it is this sounds bad i'm not saying women aren't heroes but it isn't necessarily that traditional hero's journey. you don't have narrative. to have the lone hero kind right of. like yeah. maybe maybe it's a different story and a different narrative and a different climax that we just haven't had before because we have not had women telling stories in like a large not in like a on TVs in a larger like literature sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay. I love this. I love this train of thought because, because what I was, when I I got it from the New Yorker, Yorker. (laughs) not a Kelly original. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so when I'm, when I'm, when I'm rewatching the videos and the, like the headshots that I got of Alyssa and her crew, like there's a couple things that stand out, the work and like the work that they did together, but the teamwork piece too. Like, so when you're talking about the lone hero narrative, um, that's definitely not the narrative coming out of the mostly female crew that we had. So I'm going to keep working on this and how to best tell this story. I'm excited about excited. Okay. It. But
1: in conclusion, in if conclusion. you break your leg in the middle of a race and you need to crawl, depending on how we're, we're like kind of okay with that potential. If you break your leg before the race, you should not start the race. Right. Don't be there stupid. Is no, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Heroics. Just stop. And if you are going to be permanently paralyzing yourself, you probably also should just stop. Yeah. So- or even doing damage. They're doing, like, serious damage, yeah. yeah. I mean, we get to that point all the time in races when you're like, shit, am I doing, like, serious real damage when you have, like, a, an injury? Yeah. I've And to be fair, usually the answer to that is no. Often it is no. Sometimes it's like, yep, <laughs> definitely doing some real damage right now. <laughs> Depends how we define real damage. So... Uh, I was just thinking about that again, uh, because obviously, you know, I dropped out of my race last week, as we talked about last week extensively. We did. I wallowed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people sent thoughts about well about my race, but also about navigating being stressed beforehand. And my mom also had some. Well, she had a lot of thoughts about last week's podcast.
2: Well, hey, ladies. Oh, man, you're right. That's just so brunchy. Uh-huh. I tend to go with guys. Guys. Hey, guys. Um, in class, I often call them people. All right, people. Okay, people. Let's get busy. But you know, guys has become pretty generic. But yes, words matter. Um, you could always go with Grover. Hello, everybody. That was what the kids liked when they were little. I am glad you talked about nerves this week, though. I'm headed back to the classroom. And I am nervous. 25 years of teaching and I'm still nervous. Um, But it is all about lowering the expectations. It's going to be fine. Totally fine. I'm so much better at this than I was when I first started. I sucked when I first started teaching. There's no way I could be that bad now. It'll be fine. See, there you go. Lowered expectations all the time
1: okay sarah so my mom is with me on guys like hey guys i know she voted for you i don't know i don't know debbie she um. tried ladies it didn't work yeah, actually okay so la- but ladies referencing- is also
0: not gender it's, it's not no. gender neutral yeah
1: well so she was also saying uh like the sesame street character like hey everybody so we uh we could do that i got people saying hey friends or hey people
0: <laughs> Hmm. Um, I also had a couple of quality responses to my I instead of Iron Man doing Iron Folks. <laughs> no. So so what suggested we should just leave it at Iron. I think that was my favorite. So you come over the line and they say, You are an iron.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, so my mom also, so she is going back to a full time job mm-hmm. this week. And so, you know, she's been a little stressed about it. And what do you think about her idea of just lowering your expectations?
0: I'm a little torn about that. Is A, is it realistic to lower expectations in a race scenario? Um, And then B, should we, or should we learn to deal with those expectations?
1: I'm not sure. I actually have had this thought a lot of times at races. I've been like, oh man, it would be so nice if I was just happy about finishing this race. Like if that was just going to like, make my day, like this would be so much easier. But then but then my next thought was, well, the people for whom that would make happy, it is hard to finish. Cause once you do that, then that wouldn't make you happy anymore. Right. So like you can actually like, it's as hard for them to finish as it is for me to do whatever my goal is. That's why it makes them very happy to do that thing. You know what I'm saying? True. Like goals are relative. So I can't go backwards now and be like, well I just want to finish this half Iron Man because like I've done like twenty three right, like it doesn't it's like not although one thing, thing I used to find really useful was to set up like a b c
0: expectations, oh depending yeah, for on sure. how the day goes, so your a expectation is to have your best race, and then your b expectation I don't know might be somewhere
1: in between if you're having an off day, you might have Sarah, like a that's time not goal. like. That's not just something you find useful. that's literally like a fundamental of goal setting. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> and then, but then it's important to have the one, actually, I think this with triathlon in particular, it's important to have
1: like wherever <laughs> you go, ABC,
0: usually you have at least three layers on that. It's important yeah. to have D, which is, <laughs> okay. which is to finish the race. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so it's like, it's not your, while you're not going in thinking, I would just be so happy to finish this race that like. If things when the shit does start to hit the fan, if things go, are going wrong on your, you know, you you should keep a d unless you're going to hurt yourself, as previously, stated, previously um, stated, you should probably have that D1 of finishing the race.
1: Yeah. Like, so Placid, uh, you were at Placid. I, I ended up with a lot of like multiple IVs. Right. But I remember being out like a goal gone by the time I was out. B goal. Like it's not, I don't think it's happening. And then it was like, Ooh, seagull. This is a rough day. And then it was like, I am goddamn finishing this race. Like I don't care. So I also during the race. I mean, I've definitely, especially later in my career
0: would shift and change my goals for the race.
1: Oh, like, for like, sure. You know,
0: what can you, when something's going wrong, what can you do? It, this happened to me a lot where if something goes wrong on the bike or I'm not biking as fast as I want, or I get a mechanical or a flat, my, like, I immediately go to like, let's try to have the fastest run split.
1: You know, For sure. I mean, you're supposed to... So fundamentals of goal setting are like goals are supposed to be specific. They're supposed to be within your control. They're supposed to be... Like what's the word I'm looking for? Flexible. That's the word. Like you're supposed to have ranges of goals. Like you can't say I want to get second at that race because you don't have control over who else shows up for that race. But you can say, like, I want to be like within this podium if I do X, Y, and Z. You're supposed to have process goals about like not just the outcome, but like the steps to getting it. See? Do you know how many articles I've written on goal setting? So So, many articles. Okay, so my question is, has has any of it helped you with your pre-race nerves? No. So I think my new plan is just to raise a bunch until I'm not nervous anymore. I
0: love how but, you at one time you are you have all the information and yet still all the nerves all together in one bundle. No,
1: I'm very good at goal setting FYI.
0: So <laughs> Okay, but we wanted to ask our friends our friends,
1: friends at home to to help out Kelly's mom. Yeah, so she's starting her new job and uh and everybody should send her notes about about doing good at her new job she's very you know going back to 40 hours a week well it's really more like 50 60 is stressful sarah so people friends guys send us emails or
0: notes on social media for kelly's mom and we'll pass those on encourage her on her new journey okay coming up after the break kelly and i are going to talk about all the famous people coming to the outspoken summit We would like to thank our sponsors, Ask Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get twenty percent off by using the code Riding. That's R I D I N G at Ask Kicker Inc. Inc with a K dot com and Crave Jerky, Crave with a K. Com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My tongue, my tongue of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race to the to do this show you what the truth is i step on the field it's time to get real i'm feeling so ruthless
1: well the most famous person coming out spoken summit is obviously me sarah <laughs> <real>.
0: <laughs> clearly are you clearly. the one who writes the if we were writing newsletter <laughs>
1: um i do have to tell you your co-summit organizer asked me for a bio and i did put in my bio that i write the wildly popular
0: oh if we were
1: writing it is
0: wildly well maybe we're wild does that does that count wildly popular
1: (laughs) but there are real big deals coming also um so multiple people this week like not in the context of triathlon like in the context of like my other job yeah we're like oh this crazy race in arizona that senator won i heard she does like triathlon yeah like our are,
0: yeah. are the people a couple of the speakers at the summit actually made real life news so yeah real K- life news kirsten cinema um one she's the democrat from arizona she won her senate seat this week after a big long drawn out recount um so we were thrilled about that
1: okay 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 side point i just interject here it was not that long a drawn out recount California's not done counting our votes because california takes it seriously to count every single vote i don't know what everyone's obsession is with things having to be like overnight no one's even sworn into like december 3rd okay
0: <laughs> anyway
1: noted <laughs> <laughs> um okay and um who else oh uh stacy sims yeah she was in the news again because there was a bunch of well i was just reading an article but there was a bunch of articles to be kind of about like the lack of research in women's sports science. And anytime you talk about that, you got to talk about Stacey Sims. So, and I was like, Hey, she's going to be at the conference too. I know all the people. Yeah. So we're all we're the people. totally stoked.
0: We're still looking for ways to bring it to the masses. But, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't get a ticket this year, we're doing it again next year. So watch for that.